0: It's looking bad out there, but how many of you know that God is not finished, right? Come on. How many of you know that God is not finished? God's not going to just leave us in that spot, right? He's not going to leave us, leave things the way they are. In fact, he's kind of in the business of turning things around and doing a new thing. It's kind of his thing. I'm here to tell you this morning, with God, there is more. Someone say that with me this morning. With God, there is more. There is more. I would say tap your neighbor on the shoulder and say that, but, you know, six feet. There is more at play than what we see on the surface here. There is more than what the media says the state of the world is right now. There is more for your life on the horizon. And as Pastor Tom likes to say, if you're still here and you're still breathing, God is not finished with you yet. And I believe that this morning. Um, So the truth I want to focus in on and explore this morning is this. God doesn't leave us when our world seems like it's one headline away from imploding. I would argue that times like these are, in fact, when he does his best work, right? When everything seems like it's lost, when everything seems like it's upside down, I would argue that's when God comes through the most. And we're going to get into that a little bit this morning. So if you have your Bibles on you, I invite you to turn with me. We're going to be we're kind of jumping around a little bit today, but uh, starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 7 through 12, and it'll also be up on the uh, prompters here. So it says this, verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed, We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Father God, I just bless the reading of your word. God, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds to what you would have speak to us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. So I think it's probably safe to say that the Apostle Paul knows a thing or two about having a bad year, right? If you know anything about his story, if not, I'll give you a little backstory. One look through the book of Acts and any of his letters, you'll see that Paul was put in jail multiple times, persecuted, beaten nearly to death, shipwrecked, bitten by a poisonous snake, all for the sake of spreading the gospel. So if anyone has an excuse, right, to lose a little hope, to lose a little faith at some point, it's got to be him, right? But that's not the response that we see from it. Instead, in verse 8 is one of my favorite verses. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, right? Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I feel like that can kind of be all of our verses for this year, right? We can all kind of just print that out, put it on the fridge somewhere we can look at it. That, that can be our mantra, right? You say, yeah, I may have lost my job, right? The country may be locked down. The world is something I've never seen before like this. My marriage may be stressed. I may have lost a loved one, but I never lost my God. My God never left me through all this. Amen. You say I know what it looks like, right? I know what it feels like. I know what it may look like to the people that, on the outside, but I know with my God there is always more. Through all of the changes and the shifts our world has taken this year, our God remains constant. Our God remains steadfast through it all. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The grass may wither, the flowers may fade away, the stock market might crash, the world may get turned upside down, but the word of our God stands forever. Come on, someone get excited about that this morning. Hallelujah. He is our source of hope. He is our source of strength. And we don't have hope and joy because we ignore the things that are going on in this world, right? We don't try and pretend like they're not happening. We don't try and put ourselves in some kind of other existence. We have hope because we know that our foundation is the solid rock. We're not swayed. We're not moved by the constant shifting and moving of the things that are going on in this world. We serve the God who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. A God who is supremely in control and reigns high above any of the weapons and plans that are formed by the enemy. And Paul goes on to say in verse 10 that we carry around the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. He's saying his suffering that he's going through in that moment is a counterpart of Jesus' suffering. In other words, the hard times we go through in this life serve to point people to the resurrection life of Jesus. The hard things that we go through in this life, 2020, the pandemic, the, the separation, the anxiety, the depression, all of those things don't just happen for no reason. They serve to point people to the hope and the life that is found in Jesus. We're given hope with a purpose. It's not for us to stay in our churches, in our Christian bubbles, and hoard up all the hope like we did with that toilet paper, right? <laughs> no one here, though. Definitely no one here. Our job is to spread this hope to as many people as possible, right? that we would reach out to those around us in such a way that they have no choice but to ask, themse- ask themselves, what is going on with these people? Right? What makes them so different? How can they be so hopeful? How can they have so much joy when everything looks like it's turning down around us? Man, if there is any time that the world needed the church to be the church, it's now. It's in this season. If there's any time the world needs hope and light, it's now. And the great news is you're in the perfect spot. You're in the perfect spot to be that hope. I got to take a second. I just want to brag about our church um, just this in this past year. Is that all right? Can I do that? Because I know Pastor Tom's a real humble guy. He's not going to do it. So I want to take a minute just to do that. Do you know that throughout this whole pandemic, we've never once stopped ministering to our community? We never one time stopped ministering to them, whether it was through all the volunteers that poured the time and love Um, into boxes of hope whether it was learning on the fly to live stream our services so that we could get the gospel to more people it was pastor tom's daily devotionals that he was coming out with every day or all the work done for the non-for-profit ministries that call this church home people felt the real love and goodness of god's of god in real and practical ways because of this church during this pandemic because of risen king church We decided to take ownership of our calling and not only pray for people from a distance, right? Because that's good too, and provide them with the gospel, that's good. But no, we decided to meet them, you know, where the rubber meets the road and really get down to the actual physical needs of people, meeting them where they are. What the enemy meant to shut down the church and lock up the doors God used to meet families in need that we may have never come across with, to give literal bags of food and other necessities to them. In fact, throughout this whole year, our church has really done nothing but grow and, and launch new ministries and outreaches. There's more happening. God is still on the move. We need to get excited about that. Come on. God is using this church in so many powerful ways to meet people. It's, you have to learn to adapt and overcome. And, and this, it, through God's strength, we've, we've been able to do that. Now, you may be sitting there yourself this morning saying, okay, you know, this all sounds really good on paper. It's good for, you know, a nice Sunday sermon. But why did God allow all this to happen? How how did we get here, right? What is the point of all this suffering? And, I, you know, I'll never, never claim to know all the answers to life's hardest questions. I'll leave that to Pastor Tom. He's way smarter than me. <laughs> but the fact is, You know, there are certain things that happen that are just a product of the broken state of this world, right? These things that happen are all outside of God's original plan for creation. And, and, you know, once sin entered into the world, Adam and Eve, the world entered into a fallen state. But what I do know is this, with 100% confidence, God can redeem anything. God can redeem anything. Can I get an Amen. Have you ever heard the saying, smooth seas never made a skilled sailor? Smooth seas never made a skilled sailor. Through hard seasons like this one, God is renewing our minds and causing us to rely more on him. What does it mean to have your mind, your minds renewed, right? That's kind of a phrase that gets tossed around a lot in church. Um, it means the way that you thought, the way that you process things, the way that you react, the way that you feel is all changed and brought into alignment with God and, and who he is. When we face hard seasons, we come to a fork in the road with two options ahead of us, right? We can take the comfortable road. We can react the way we always have. We can self-medicate until we don't feel the pain. We could ignore everything, pretend like it's not happening so we don't feel discomfort. Or we can choose to find the more in life. We could choose to find the more, to allow ourselves to be molded and changed by our relationship with God, to allow our minds to be renewed by our intimate relationship with him, to take down the walls we've set up around our hearts and minds and let Jesus reign over our lives, to find Jesus in the circumstances where we feel alone and abandoned. James chapter 1 verses 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I have a question for you guys. How many of you would volunteer to be the first to ride on an airplane that's never been tested? Anyone? definitely not me (laughs) the way that we know something is good and reliable is through testing right and it's no different with our faith our faith is the exact same way how could we ever mature or move forward in our relationship with God if everything was just smooth sailing if everything was sunshine and rainbows right I love talking with, uh, you know, some older folks who have really walked through God, with God, through some intense stuff in their lives. Because there's just this level of peace, there's a level of understanding, a level of intimacy that they've reached with God that can't be faked. Right? It's forged over time. It takes time and and it takes walking through some really intense stuff to get to that deep presence, uh, that deep relationship with God. You know, maybe this year is serving as that refining period for you like it, it was for me. I've experienced loss and grief this year that I could never have fathomed at all. Um, I lost my best friend of 20 years, and I'm only 27, so that's saying something. Um, If I could be completely honest with you for a second, reading verses like we just read used to make me really angry. Um, You know, I thought to myself, how could I ever consider something like this joy, right? How could there ever be any good that could come out of something so tragic as this? But what I do know... And what I know is true for you as well is that my God never left me through it all. Um, Through all of my pain, through all of my doubt, through all of my depression, my questions, God never left me. And um, he can take your anger and your disappointment. Right? He's not scared of it. And he's not waiting to smite you down because you have questions or because you you have doubts. He's not waiting to strike you down because of that. He can take it all and he'll walk with you through it. Um, Just the same way he walked with me through it all. And uh, I can say with confidence that my faith is definitely stronger because of it. And I've reached a a deeper intimacy with God because of it. See, like, our relationship with God isn't just something that we do on Sundays or maybe some point during the week, right? It's not just something that we go through the motions with. It's something that gets us through years like this, right? It's something that we grow in, and it's something that is a, a lifelong commitment, and it's the best thing that you could do with your life, 100%. God promises this in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. You may have heard it said in some translations that we go from glory to glory. But what does that mean? right? Going from glory to glory does not simply mean going from, you know, one state of euphoria to another or from one state of being lost in the spirit to another. To go from glory to glory is to continually be changed into who you were created to be. To be conformed into God's likeness is increasing in the character and the nature of God. And this is an ongoing process that we learn to walk out every day in our relationship with God. And luckily for us, God knows us and knows that we won't get it right every time. Can I get it? amen? Yeah. <laughs> he knows that we need a little help. You know, some of us need a little more help than others, but it's all right. God gives us more grace to walk out our salvation in our relationship with him. 2 Corinthians twelve nine through 10 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest in me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. I delight in insults. I delight in hardships. I delight in persecutions, in difficulties, in 2020. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Someone say that with me. When I am weak, then I am strong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is one of my favorite passages of scriptures because it so clearly paints a picture of how God accepts us the way that we are, right? We don't have to get into our Sunday best or or try to get our lives perfect before approaching him. Instead, it's often the very things that we're ashamed of the most that greatest reflect the strength of God. When we understand this foundational concept, our entire perspective begins to change on life. We begin to see the more in the struggles, right? The bigger the weakness, the stronger our God shows up. So you see a global pandemic. I see an eternal God bringing healing and wholeness into this world. You see yourself lonely and isolated. I see a friend who sticks closer than a brother coming beside you and lifting you up. You see anxiety and depression. I see the Prince of Peace declaring, be still and know that I am God. You see where I'm going with this? rejoice in your weakness because it is your strength it is like a canvas for God to to paint his strength on the times when we feel most ashamed and embarrassed God sees that he sees us in our broken state our, our desperate hour when we succumb to temptations that we've been fighting he sees it all and he meets us right in that place he looks our sin and our brokenness dead in the face and he calls us redeemed he calls us brought back he calls us holy a child of God Be proud of your testimony and where God brought you from. Your story can open up more doors for you than any Sunday message ever could. Your story can open up more doors for you to share the gospel than any Sunday message ever could. And um, I always think whenever I I read this uh, passage, I think of uh, Joe Carreri. Um, Most of you probably know him from from church and uh, his ministry that he just started, his helping hands. And he actually just posted... um, a video on Instagram of him with uh, with a guy that was living under the bridge in Patterson, and he was able to, you know, send, give him some necessities out there, um, and he actually was the one that brought me back to church. Uh, I, I knew him from just, he was my youth leader at a church I was previously attending, um, and I ran into him at BJ's. It was really random, um, and he Talked me into coming back to church, and you know that really sparked my relationship back with God. Um, but his story is so incredible. His testimony is incredible. How God just turned his life completely around from being homeless himself, um, and now he's he's just a great man of God. He has a great family, and God is really using him powerfully to to reach the people that were in the same spot that he's in. Um, and that's what it's all about. It's not about having your life perfectly together. It's not about you know, being the poster child of of a church, it's about meeting people where they are, the same way that God looks at us in our in our sin and our weakness and, and meeting people there. Um, so I'd I'd like to ask our worship team to come forward as as I kinda of wrap up this morning. As twenty twenty comes to a close, I wanna encourage you in and just two things. First, look back on everything that's happened. And for some of us that could be a little more painful than others. Um, but it's important to take the time to reflect and process this year. Uh, maybe take a walk or a hike. Uh, it always helps me to write down some of my thoughts and prayers. Whatever you do to relax and connect with God, just make sure you, you carve out some time to do that and reflect on what God has done and, and what he's brought you through. Um, just take a mental note of where you saw God show up. Look for evidence of his faithfulness in your life this past year. It may really surprise you how much you come up with. Second, I want to encourage you to look forward to this coming year with great anticipation that in Jesus the best is yet to come. To allow yourself to see the more in life. To allow yourself to see things from God's perspective and know that he has won it all for you. There is more for you. There is more for your family. There is more for your relationship with God in this coming year. Let's worship together.